Welcome to the teaching ministry at Magnolia's First. We hope the next few minutes will help you take your next steps on your faith journey. And we would love to help you take those next steps. Just head over to m1bc.org and fill out the connect form and a pastor will get in touch with you very soon. Or you can text us at 281-343-3033. One of the things that I've heard, I've been here now for 10 years and I've, I've heard this statement over and over and over and over again. This is the greatest church this side of heaven. I've heard Pastor Ed say it, but you guys, I mean, and obviously if you're clapping, you agree. It's true. This is the greatest church this side of heaven. And I will tell you this, it's not because we put on great camps. It's not because we have great worship, although we do. And it's not even because we have great preaching. Although we do. What makes this church great are the people. The living, breathing organisms within this church are what make this church great. We have great facilities. We have great ministries. We have great lots of stuff. But all of that pales in comparison to how great you guys are. And if you've been part of this church for any amount of time, you know that that is true. That you, the people who love God, who love Jesus, who love other people, you're the reason why this place is great. And I'm excited to be able to stand in front of you today and to just tell you, good job. Way to go. Because here's the thing, that's not easy. It's not easy at all to be good people, to be a great church, a church that loves people. It is not easy. In fact, it is way easier to be a church that is just kind of closed off and doesn't like other people, that doesn't care about the community, doesn't care about the people that are sitting next to you, to just do your own thing and have your own way. It is way easier to demand that than it is to love people the way that Christ loved those people. But that is the better way. And in this series, this series that I've titled Body Parts, which is very odd, but if you know me, that's the way I work. Uh, I want to I walk with you through three different topics regarding how the people are the hands and feet of Jesus, are the body where Christ is the head, and that you are the body to do the things that he has set for us. Because Jesus, before he went to the cross, had one great desire. And it's in John chapter 17, verses 20 to 21. I'm going to read it to you, and then we're going to talk about what that one desire is. It says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Jesus had one great concern, unity. He wanted us to be united, united together, with his great purpose. It's why he went to the cross. It's why Jesus gave himself so that we might be united with God again. 
no longer separated, with nothing to do. So what, what does it look like for a church to have unity? Well, we've already talked about love. You have to have love for all people, not just the ones that are like you, not just the ones that think like you, not just the ones that are close to you, but all people. You have to love them like Jesus did. And then you have to show humility. You have to think of yourself as less than others, not greater. Put yourself below them to serve them. You have to be patient. Patient like a parent with a screaming child in the middle of Walmart. Patient. You have to be generous. Generous beyond expectation. Generous, greatly generous. And then above all, you have to have a zeal to maintain these things. I had to look that up, right? Like what zeal, how do we really work? Zeal means that you're committed to those things that we were talking about. You have to maintain those in the front of your mind all the time. Love, humility, generosity, patience, among others that we have to have. We must be adamant that those things are maintained at the forefront. That we don't get consumed with all of the other things that can so easily take away our attention. So, let's... I'm a little bit of a logical guy, and I was talking to another logical guy this week, and he, he gave me the definition of unity, which is very important, and I, I love these definitions, so I'm going to give you two of them. The first one is the state or quality of being one. That's unity. And the other definition, and this is the part that really hits home for me and should for you as part of this body of believers, it says something whole or complete that is composed of separate parts. That is a united body. That is what the church should look like each and every day. And for the people that look in at this church and our community and around, they should say, that group of people, they are united. And so often, that's not what they say about us, is it? Thus, why we have the series. So I can kind of remind you and kind of kick you in the right direction so that we can become even more united. I want to move towards greater unity. We can always move towards greater unity. As great as this church is, the greatest church this side of heaven, we can be better. We can be more united. And so today, if you don't hear anything else that I say, I want you to hear this. Everyone has a part to play. In order for us to truly have unity, you have to take on that understanding that everyone, everyone has a part to play. If you are a follower of Christ, you don't have an option to be a part of this body. You have a part to play. And we're going to talk over the next couple of weeks kind of the importance of those parts and how uh, you can put that into action. But today I want to help you to identify what part that is 
For some of you, you know it. You know exactly what your part is, what your spiritual gift is, what the the thing that God has put you on this earth to do, you know it. But others of you, you're still wondering. You've tried a lot of things and you, you just don't know where you fit in. Or maybe you've You've decided that you don't fit in, but you're going to be here because it's the right thing to do. Listen, I'm glad you're here, but trust me when I say this, you have a vital role. You have a vital part. We're going to look at two letters today from the Apostle Paul. We're going to look at the book of 1 Corinthians, specifically in in chapter 12, and then we're going to look at the book of Ephesians, his letter to the Ephesus church, church of Ephesus. And we're going, to, we're going to really kind of dive into the parts of the body that, and, and why God has described it this way, why he used Paul to describe the church as a body. Because, again, he wanted unity in his body. And so if we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7, it says this, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift, listen to this, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. The body of Christ perfectly designed by God to bring about his greater purpose of drawing people into the family, of of bringing people into the unity of Christ and unity of God so that they're no longer separated. That is why we are described as the body. And, And listen, the body needs all of its parts. It needs all of its parts, even the ones that we don't think about. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13 says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. We need all of the parts. And listen, I love all of you. This church needs you. We love you and each of you love each other. And that's without exception. Because even as you look at the body, you start seeing all the different parts. And some of those parts, we don't even know what they do. Like the appendix. No real idea what it does, but it's in there. And a lot of times, the only time you think about the appendix is when it's about to blow this whole thing up. But even then, in a body... That appendix, who would put challenges in the church, can cause division. But my prayer is if we're truly united, it'll draw us together. Because Paul, Paul was no stranger to difficult things. 
Paul's writing in prison the book of Ephesians, the letter to the church in Ephesus, describing to them what it looked like to be unified. He had all the excuses in the world to say, I'm just going to hang it up now. I'm in prison. And listen, it's not like a prison like, you know, some of us see on TV. This is the worst of the worst. He wasn't humanely treated to three meals a day and all these other things. He was truly in a, in a dungeon, in a terrible place. And yet, he's writing to people who know Christ to explain to them that they must remain unified as he is with them. His motivation was the people. His motivation were the parts of the body. That's why he kept going. That's why he didn't give up when it was so difficult. And as he's looking in, in, in Ephesians 1.10, we see him describing the gospel story. We see in chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians the gospel story presented. The why. The reason why he gets up in the morning. The reason why he can have hope. He's presenting it to us. And in Ephesians 1 verse 10 it says, And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. He knew that the gospel, it frees us from our sin. It frees us from the death that we deserve. It offers us the grace. Paul knew that firsthand because he was the chief of sinners. He was an evil man who was, who was bent on destroying the way until he came to know Christ. And so if Paul didn't, then I would, I would beg you, don't disqualify yourself based on what you've done. Don't disqualify yourself because you're not good enough or you don't have enough talents or whatever it is that you've put in your head to say that you're not worthy to be a part of the body and to do something for God. Paul would say, that is false embrace, embrace your part in God's story so that you can reshape the vision of your story. Embrace God's story. We're going to look at Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6, and, and we're going to read a lot of Ephesians 4, actually, because it's a really good chapter. Like, it's really good. And if you haven't read Ephesians 4, this year, well, wait till the end. I'm going to challenge you to do that. But man, you need to put that on your list as something you, write, you read all the time. Because this, what Paul writes in Ephesians 4, after the words, therefore, he brings everything that he said into verses, in chapters 1 through 3, and he, he therefores it into your story. So look with me in Ephesians 4, verses 1. It says, therefore, I, a prisoner of ser for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. 
For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. That is a lot of unity, right? If you're looking for an illustration of whether or not we should be unified, verses one through six, can't be any more clear. But listen to me. Unity is not uniformity. Unity is not uniformity. That means that we're not all the same. Look around. We're different. We're very different. And that is good. That is very good. If I was to ask my hand to be my heart, it would be useless. Because it's a hand. It was designed to be a hand. And my heart was designed to be a heart. So embrace your part. Live a life worthy of your calling. It's, this is the reason why it's important to know your part. This is why it's imperative that we know what we are and not just go about life saying, well, I'm just gonna try to be a good person. I'm just gonna try to do everything that I can. Well, no, listen, well, everything you can is to find out what your part is because you have been made specifically, perfectly, and uniquely to do what God has called you to do. And if you don't know that, then you're being irresponsible as a Christ follower. Find that part. And listen, again, I'm, I'm just going to let Paul say it because he's way better at it than I am. But we're going to look verses 7 through 16. And he's going to show you exactly why it's so important to know your part. So read with me verse 7. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. He didn't say he's given most of us or some of us. He said each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it said he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. I love that part there in verse nine where it says, notice that it says, it's, Paul's going, listen, listen, focus. He did this on purpose. It was a decision that he made for you. Our gift is not an accident, it's intentional. Embrace it celebrate it, and use it. Verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. All of us have gifts. 
And if you weren't specifically mentioned, go to 1 Corinthians 12, bookmark it, verses 8 through 10. You can see the list that Paul lists out to the church in Corinth. Those other gifts that are there, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Write it down. Understand these gifts. Embrace these gifts. Celebrate them. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. I'll come back to that because we got a real problem with that. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. There are a lot of people out there today, and there were obviously a lot of people out there in Paul's time, because guess what? Satan has used the same tricks throughout time to try to convince you that what the truth of the gospel and what the truth of Jesus Christ is can be manipulated and can be changed to fit our wills. Paul is saying, stop listening to that. Stop listening to the propaganda. Stop listening to the fear-based things. Stop listening to all the things that are not the truth of the gospel because they will lead you astray. And with 24-hour news networks and social media and all the other things that can feed into your mind, you must be ever vigilant to know what the Word of God says and to stand on that truth alone nothing else because there are a lot of smart people out there saying a lot of smart things that are total garbage it's unbelievable but man they can manipulate and they can they can gather a crowd and they can get people believing something that sounds good but when you compare it to scripture it's way off the mark. So what is the mission of the church? The mission of the church is to make disciples of all nations. It's why the ch this church is just a little bit of a local, uh, we put a little spin on it, but it's the same thing. To engage every generation to become Christ followers, that's what our specific mission is, which is based around the make disciples of all nations that Jesus gave to his disciples. That's our mission. Make disciples of all nations. Engage every generation to become Christ's followers. All of the things that you do for the Lord should be focused and funneled through that mission. Everything. And that's a huge responsibility. That's a huge job. That, that's, that's big. There's a lot of people out there and they're growing every day. And we need each and every one of you to step up. We need each and every one of you to do your part. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we do well here, and I would encourage you if you don't do this, to start doing this, 
is we meet together in small groups. We launched 14 small groups over the last seven weeks, many of which are still going and have decided to continue going. We have so many Sunday school classes that meet on Sundays. We have Bible studies. We have so many things. If you're not part of a small group, that's a huge choice. Because we know, so many people in this church know the value of looking face to face with someone in a small group of people that you can trust. So I would say to you this week, find your gift if you don't already know it. We have resources for you. In fact, if you go to m1bc.org, click the grow tab at the bottom. I may have just said something that you guys have no idea what, I, what that means. Click the grow tab. Come back to that. There's a spiritual gifts assessment. You can fill in the form. As long as you're honest, it will, it will come back with the top three or so spiritual gifts that will help guide you in the direction of what it is that God is calling you to do what he has built you specifically for. At M1BC, the Grow tab, if that is boggling your mind, come talk to me. I will be happy to send you a direct link. I'll text it to you. You can just push a button. I want you to find your gift. The second thing that I want you to do is I want you, wherever you are in your, in your walk, in your small groups, with your people, I want you to look at somebody and say, hey, what do you think my gift is? If you don't know what it is, ask somebody. Because the people that are closest to you, they know. They can see things even when you can't see them. And let them be honest with you, because maybe you think your gift is this, and this is actually something totally different. But look somebody in the eye and say, what is my gift? I trust you to be honest with me. Find that person. And finally, and I'm sure the notes people up there are going, I have no idea where he's going. Sorry, guys. I want you to read the book of Ephesians, six chapters. I want you to read it this week. You can read it in your group. In fact, that'd be pretty cool because then you could kind of talk a little bit more about it. Or you could read it by yourself. You could do both. That'd be even better, actually. But read it, six chapters. It will change your mindset or it will recenter your mindset to what it is that we do as Christ followers and what part of the body you are and can join the rest of us in doing this amazing work that Christ has put before us. And listen, if you're if you're not a Christ follower and you're just staring at me like, man, this is great for y'all, but my challenge to you is find some people that you trust and have a conversation with them. We have a lot of great people in here who would love to just have a conversation with you about what it is that we believe. For no high pressure sales because we believe that the, the story of Jesus is an irresistible story. So we don't have to pressure you. We don't have to do anything like that. We just got to tell you the truth of the gospel and watch God's Holy Spirit speak to your heart. But find somebody this week and have a conversation with them. And if you're open to it, look in the book of Ephesians. 
Read that book. I promise God will change your heart. He will reveal to you some things that is already stirring in you. And above all, and I'm glad you're in here if you're not a believer, I'm so excited that you're here to hear messages and to be around people who love well. Because you do. These people love well. Let's grow in our unity. Let's grow in our love. In a minute, we're going to have a prayer time. Pastor Ed's going to be down here. If you, uh, if you have a need or you want to make a decision, we would love to pray with you. And we would also love to talk with you in the hospitality room. If you don't want to come forward, you just want to have a conversation in a little private room, we would love to talk to you there. I'll be over there, Pastor Ed, some others. Join us there. But let me pray for you before we leave. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his prayer of unity. Thank you that he desired unity. And thank you that Paul was so faithful to be so articulate to let us know how we should live, how to bring about that desire that Jesus has for us to know him and to be one with him so that we might not be separated. God, I pray for those in this room who might not know you, those who are searching for you, and God, for those that don't know their part of the body yet, God, I pray you would reveal that this week so they might come into full community with you, knowing the power that the body of Christ can bring in a community that desperately needs you. Father, we love you and we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.